Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. This is your West Virginia football preview. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. I am back from the Hill Country. I am refreshed. I have a new look on life. And, you know, you know, I kind of joked about turning the corner in Ames, but this might this might be it. This might be corner turning time. We've we've got a you know, the District of Columbia's headed this way. I mean, nice. Hope is on the horizon a little bit. <laughs> I have to, you know, and I hate that I can't remember who I saw originate that. It could have been Tristan with the Talk and Tech podcast, but somebody on Twitter called it the District of Columbia, and I, I completely latched on. So shout out to whoever came up with that. It was not me. Latched on like a baby. That's right. That's what I thought of when he said that word. Because, you know, that's a that's a word that gets thrown around in the 23 personnel South headquarters <laughs> recently. Hey, yeah, little man. With, with head- Baby Watch week number four? I mean, is, <laughs> are, are you four weeks into to being a father of two? He hit a month number one on the 19th, which was Monday. Ooh. Oh, man. It's been a month. So... So he's he's thirty one days old. Thirty one. Are you going days? <laughs> I don't. I'm no longer track these things. <laughs> he's four weeks. He'll be six weeks next. There week. you no, go. No, I'm not going to count. That works. You, you do that with the first one. You like you realize how stupid. Like my son is thirty seven weeks old. Or <laughs> I know you track you track weeks in pregnancy, and then I, I think you. I would track months. At this point, or be like he'll be one in September. Okay, that's all. Well, it's, my my daughter's she's forty six. She's forty six months old right now. Getting ready for that birthday party. Yeah, it's coming up. Two months. Yeah, I can do math. All right, uh, this is episode one six seven. I wish I had something significant about, about that number, but there's been a lot of these episodes of Twenty Three Personal Podcast. I, I I appreciate everybody sticking around and and listening and downloading. I I don't think it's the same hundred you know, same group of people from the first, first few episodes as now, but, um, we wouldn't keep doing it if, if, uh, you guys weren't listening and downloading. Cause I mean, I don't have to record this. I can just talk to Michael all by myself. But. Yeah. Which we usually do talk like 30 minutes before and after <laughs> each podcast. Well, we have the, we have the, the, the text, the Slack chat going on all, all the, you know, all week constant contact yeah um for those that want to stay in more constant contact with us the 23 personnel podcast besides listening to the episodes you can follow us on twitter at 23 personnel you can follow me spencer at punts suck i'm good for a few uh food takes shots at referees and 
Mike Leach and I guess Cliff Kingsbury lovers now. Um, the Cowboys game last night brought up a lot of Cliff fans into the, the Texas Tech fan groups on Facebook last night. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, right? Well, you don't you remember know, the it six was, years it was of good suck? To see them. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> good to see them show up uh, four years later. Yeah, that was that was that was good of them. You can also follow Michael. He's probably the, the better follow on Twitter at Michael underscore LBK. You can follow us on Instagram at 23 personnel podcast. Uh, also, as we are getting into the winter months, solidly into football season, moving towards basketball season, you can pick up a 23 personnel podcast t-shirt and or hoodie. Um, you can catch us on Rob Rose College Tailgate Show Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon here in Lubbock, 1340 a.m. on the KKAM or sorry, on KKAM.com, Talk 1340 mobile app or ESPN 960 down in San Angelo. Michael, before we jump into football, it looks yes. like you made a guest appearance on another podcast. Are you cheating? Well, on it's me? the same. No, it's the same one. I would just, the last time that we talked about it, um, I went on to Bosco's boys, a fellow armchair podcast. Shout out to Scott. With Scott. Yep. Shout out to Scott. We were talking big 12, um, and just kind of the state of the conference and how I kind of represented tech fans and hopefully I represented as well. And, uh, the episode came out Friday. So, you know, Scott talked to me and he talked to a lot of other guys with uh, uh, several, if not all of the schools in the Big 12. So check that out if you want to. That's Bosco's Boys. And that came out on Friday the 16th. It's good. It's good stuff. You need to check it out. Bosco's Boys, also good listen. If you're into fun other Big 12 schools, um, they've been with Armchair a little bit longer than we have. They, they helped us get off get up off the ground. I think they were the, the first guys we reached out to and armchair said, yeah. Hey, do you want to join? Like we, we went to Bosco and was like, Hey, what, what, what's your experience like? So they've been with us since the beginning of armchair, which has been a year now. We've been with armchair for a year. And you know, I don't think, I think it's two years. Is it two years? Anyway, no, it's not. It's just one. It's just one. Um, I don't think that, I mentioned that Bosco's Boys is uh, a Kansas State podcast. I don't know if I ever mentioned that that whole time. But anyway, they're great. They're a great follow for Kansas State. And uh, give, them a, give them a follow on the feed. They come out. I mean, they do two or three episodes a week at least. They're, they're putting them out. Hey, we're good for two episodes a week if Texas Tech plays. Eh, you know, <laughs> at, least yeah. the, at least during football season. And, and uh, we probably could do two episodes, if not three, during basketball season if we were super committed and our, our wives uh, didn't occupy our time. Yeah. If I had a dedicated <laughs> podcast space, then maybe I could do it. So I, I, I've been telling Samantha, not that we're looking to move uh, in Lubbock right now, but I was like our next house, I want to have like an office space, like an actual office that would not be split time with um, a guest bedroom. Then I would, I would turn that into a recording studio. Anyways. Yeah. I'm totally sitting in my living room right now. Hey, I am too. The only room with no one in it. Uh, we, we, when Hayden was born, my mom came out and we moved the computer out of that room. So the desk isn't in the living room. It's not a bad setup, but just, uh, I don't have, I don't have my, my recording studio 
that I want. Anyways, before we've got way too much football stuff and not that you can have too much football, but we have a lot of football to get to this week. Uh, the wait is finally over guys. Football's in full effect. You know that many teams starting their stuff. The world series kicked off. First pitch was tonight, Tuesday, my Dodgers lifelong Dodgers fan here. My Dodgers are put on the raise right now. Eight to one. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. All right, Michael. Yes, man. Let's do some football talk. Bring on QB two. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Picked off. Demarcus Fields down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, my. You got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson. Touchdown, Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. It's a touchdown. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Grant. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country pulls free. And touchdown, Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. All right, Michael. Roster updates. Um, it's been a week now since our boy Henry Columbi, the District of, of Columbia, named starter against West Virginia. I think that's right. Is that a coincidence? I think there was quite a bit of flex to the power of the of the twenty three personal podcast because we, yeah. I we we both went on a little bit of a, a rant or some impassioned. Uh, calls for Columbia to be the starter. At least we were saying Matt Wells would be stupid not to. <laughs> and then you know, the next day he comes out and says, Hey, we're going to roll with Henry Columbia uh, versus West Virginia. Um, You're welcome guys. Yeah. So a couple things. One, our good friends over at PFF, the, they came out and did um, highest accurate pass percentage. 
Say that three times fast. Mac Jones, Alabama, came out number one. Trevor Lawrence, two. Shane Illingworth, Oklahoma State, was three. And our boy, Henry Columbia, checked in at number four. Ahead of Sam Howell. This is percentage of accurate passes. Mac Jones, 82%. Trevor Lawrence, 80 Shane Ellingworth, 74 Henry Columbia, 71 That was one of the big selling points that we brought up last week was just how much more accurate he's been. Well, I mean, I was about to say against Big 12 opponents, but that's the only time he's come into the game. Bowman, of course, had some stats against HBU, but we ignored those and just looked at the Big 12 stats and Bowman was at 59%. That's not good. And I was, you know, I have to be consistent. I was dogging Brock Purdy for being, I think he was 55% or something coming into the game against tech. And I thought, gosh, that's, that's just not that great. I mean, and then Bowman's the pass is yeah. just sailing out of the side, you know, the, towards the sideline judge or somebody. So, um, not a good look, not a good look for our guy, but, Columbia has, you know, he's, he's caught a little bit of attention, not, not Heisman contention or anything like that. Not yet. (laughs) But, but one of the things I wanted to bring up is what I thought was hilarious because this is how college football fandom works. Everybody was clamoring for QB two. Everybody was ready for Columbia. We were ready for Columbia. We were you know, not dog and Bowman or anything. He's, he's a great red Raider, all that good, good stuff. But then the second, the announcement is made, well, gosh, coach, <laughs> did you say too soon? <laughs> yeah. Just, just give them the, just give them the playbook, man. Just give them the whole playbook too. Just tell them what you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was interesting reactions. Like the news everybody wanted to hear, but <laughs> still had a negative reaction when they heard it. Yeah. And I thought, I, thought, you know, the, the wise thing to do would be to just go ahead and announce it because one, it'll shut us up. It did. You know, he won't, <laughs> he won't be hearing the fans for two weeks, like an additional 10 days just going, gosh, well, if he, I tell you what, if he trots out that Bowman again, I'm going to, you know, this and that. And I saw all sorts of crap like that. So the fact that he squashed it and ended it was great. But then of course, you're going to have a fraction of the probably some of the same fans that are just thinking, well, well, shoot, did you just call Neil Brown and fax him the play playbook? Well, why don't you just do that, too? Yeah, anyway, I, I, don't, I don't care. I know. I, I don't I don't either. I don't think the games between Henry Columbia and Alan Bowman are significantly different enough that it makes that big of a difference. You know, what I mean, I don't think there's that big of a difference in what what they do or how they do it that's going to completely change what West Virginia does on, on, on defense. And we'll get to their defense. It's been pretty dang salty. Um, yeah. And, and I, I want to take this one, one, one more opportunity, beat a dead horse here. I did some research this week on um, just some quick comparative stats. Not, not Henry Bowman, Alan Bowman, Henry Columbia. Um, you already mentioned the completion percentage. Passing yards, Bowman has 451 to Columbia's 359. Um, I'm trying to figure out where, where I want to go next. Okay, here, let, let's do this. I, I went through and looked at all of their drives um, and, and tallied up number of plays each one has played uh, versus power five. So I, I, I didn't count any of 
any of Bowman's time versus Houston Baptist. So Bowman has been on 122 plays and 614 yards of offense. This is, I'm also including the rushing totals because there's a significant difference in how effective their run game is depending on who's, who's, who's behind center. And I I did not expect to see this. Spoiler alert. It's pretty big. (laughs) Spoiler alert. Uh, Columbia was in for 93 plays. So a difference of almost 30, uh, 568 yards. So 30 fewer plays run and 60, 50 fewer yards. So if you look at the yard per play average here, Bowman, when he's leading the offense, good for five yards per play. It's not bad. Columbia, 6.1. So when, when we talk about like the offense, when, when Columbia comes in, the offense looks different. It looks better, more efficient. I've got the stats to prove it or to back that up at least. Because when we talked about, um, or at least I did, and we said, oh my gosh, when Duffy would come in, the offense would look different. It just felt like they were doing so much it just felt so much better with Duffy and you look at the stats and it was almost the exact same game, regardless of who was in a quarterback. It's not the case. Um, Bowman has led the offense on more points, but they all came against Texas. 56 points versus Texas. He put up zero points versus Kansas state. To be fair, he was only in for nine plays versus Kansas state. Yeah. And then zero points versus Iowa State. Um, Columbia's been good for 36 points. So the points per play still favor Bowman, but that's where the <laughs> the comparative advantage ends. Um, Bowman, as like I said, has thrown for 451 yards, good for 5.6 yards per attempt. Um, Columbia has thrown for 359 yards, He's got a full yard advantage on yards per attempt, 6.6 yards per attempt. Per attempt, that's not per completion, that's per attempt. That's, that's going to be your lower number. Yeah. Now, I also teased out the rush offense. And I, it, it, it's mind-blowing to me. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know how to fully um, attribute this besides, it's, it's not just Columbia's rushing as well. Like there's... There's more difference in the rush offense than you can just say it's Columbia. It's them being in a better position. Um, he's putting them in the right calls. Um, and this is including Columbia coming in in garbage time, essentially, versus Iowa State and not putting up a lot of rushing numbers. Anyways, on the year, Bowman's been the quarterback on rushing plays for 42 plays and for uh, that gained 142 yards. It's 3.4 yards per carry. That is low. It's not, I mean, it's, it's lower than, than you want it to be. It's not two yards or one yard. Columbia though, 38 rushing plays, 230 yards, 6.1 yards per carry. That is nearly three yards difference on the success of a running play based on who the quarterback is. <laughs> I have, I'm, you probably have a better explanation for this than me, but is it, is it just as simple as, cause the thing that I look at is something we've already talked about. 
are the completion percentages. The fact that Bowman's had trouble just finding or getting the ball to open receivers. Our defense is kind of keying in on that and then just kind of stacking the box a little bit and stifling the run or, or, or what do you think it is? Or do you think that Bowman's slow to get the, the ball out or is he making some, some decisions at the line of scrimmage or, or I mean, what do you think is attributing to almost double the uh, rushing yards per carry based on the quarterback? So I think some of it has to do with accuracy, which I, we, we pointed to earlier. Um, and like, it's going to be like an extension. I'm, I'm going to have to reach a little bit. I think it's because when Columbia is throwing the ball, he's connecting more effectively and efficiently. I mean, he's, uh, he's got the 15 percentage points better on completion percentage. Um, when he does complete the ball, he's getting another, an extra yard per attempt. Uh, sorry, sorry. When he drops back to pass, he's getting a, another yard per attempt. Um, you're in a better spot that when you do run the ball, it's not like second and 10. Oh, that's a, yeah. So you're, that's, you're, that, that's pretty simple. Yeah. You're, you're in a more thought. of a, a balanced, um, you know, where, where the defense isn't like just keyed in, they have to throw it here or, third and one they're gonna run it or whatever it's it's fairly balanced i think that has to do with just being efficient throwing the ball um and also columbia being able to move his feet i mean he's he's rushed for 51 yards so like the difference in yardage between the plays that bowman's been on and the plays that columbia's been on is almost 100 yards so not all of it is columbia because i mean there's a Bowman has 21 rushing yards on this on on the the season versus Power Five. Columbia has 51, so it's a 30 yard difference, but it's three almost three full yards per carry better. Sure, yeah. The other thing I want to point out really quickly before we move on, before we really really bury this bloody pulp of a dead horse, three and outs. Um, the thing that that we all complain about and just kills momentum Bowman has been the quarterback when Texas Tech has gone three and out seven times versus power five opponents this year and how I wonder do you happen to know how many were against Iowa State was it three or four (laughs) um sure felt like a lot I was at least three Columbia one he just, he finds, you know, well, who knows? We have to eat a huge plate of crow after this weekend, but that's the fun Which, part about this. Is uh, if I'm, we're wrong. Okay. We're wrong. I, I, I feel like we're, we're setting ourselves up and, and we'll talk about this when we, when we get into the West Virginia preview, because the West Virginia defense may be the best defense you're, you will all face all season. Even considering you just played Iowa state, um, at least statistically speaking so far, West Virginia's defense is numbers wise way impressive. Um, and, and, and th- this may kind of f- swing the, the, the momentum back, uh, at least away from Columbia. We'll, we'll, we'll see how, how he performs this weekend, but yeah, man, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to, um, it's hard to see how Bowman would, would have remained the quarterback when you look at all these numbers. So like I said, there's being a dead horse here, 
I'm obviously all on board with trying Henry Columbia. He may not be the, um, the long-term solution. I talked about that. We, I, I talked about it with Rob Bro this weekend. I said, Hey, you know, remember when, uh, Tommy Tuberville tried to start, uh, Stephen Sheffield, the first game in 2010, it did not work out. Yes, that's right. Now Sheffield was like, he was your saving grace in 2009. Like, he stepped up when when Potts needed somebody to step up. But it didn't work out long term. Like Sheffield was not the answer for anyways. Maybe this helps Bowman kind of recenter, re- refocus. Uh, maybe it helps Yost kind of calm things down, clear. I don't know. But I'm excited for the District of Columbia. I'm, I'm going to roll with that because I like it. <laughs> this weekend against West Virginia. Before though... Let's not let's not do our, our preview yet. We're, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. Uh, we did get other roster updates. Donovan Smith, the true freshman quarterback out of friendship, was I guess confirmed to be out for this season. He had surgery on his throwing shoulder, be rehabbing, and we'll get that season back. Um, Dalton Rigdon is expected to be able be available to play, assuming he clears the concussion protocol. He went down. Was that is that against Iowa State or or Kansas State? I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was, it was Iowa State. I think it was Iowa. It was one of the it was one of Columbia's first plays. Yeah, it, it worked out pretty well. I mean, sorry, <laughs> concussions <laughs> didn't work out well. Yeah, that's not what I meant. It the timing of the bye week was was helpful in getting Rigdon back. So I, I'm pretty sure it was against Iowa State. Yeah, Keyshawn Carter. Uh, we saw him come back in the game uh, against Kansas state with a big elbow brace did not play in Ames against Iowa state. Uh, he may be available to play this weekend would certainly help out your inside receiver depth because we look at the other guy there, McLean Mannix, he may be able to come back and deal with a back injury. Um, so you've got three of your inside receivers uh, that have been injured, have missed some time. Really you're looking for Carter and Rigdon but a, a two man rotation there would really help. If not, maybe we see Xavier white kind of flex back out uh, into that inside receiver spot and let Taj Brooks or uh, Chadarius Townsend take over that second running back spot. But I guess we'll see. Yeah. Uh, this seems like there could be a lot of options there and they may not necessarily be the first option yeah. for your inside receivers. So I, I I renamed this next segment the tragic number. I noticed that <laughs> it's not the magic number; it's the tragic number. Um, and and this not not really an update to give besides the new name because we didn't play this weekend. Texas Tech is still two and fifteen over its last seventeen games. Uh, only team worse than you is Kansas. And I don't I don't even think it's worse. I think you're tied with them. Um. Good company. It's fine. Great company to be with. Uh, your full calendar year without a win versus a Big 12 or Power 5 opponent is still on the table. Last time you had that win was November 9th of last year at West Virginia. You're, you've got three games left within this calendar year to, to see if you can win one <laughs> in the calendar year. The same West Virginia team, you host Oklahoma next weekend, then you go on the road to TCU on the 7th of November. Do you think we get a win out of the, one of those three games, Michael? 
Uh, oh no, you know, not, <laughs> oh, not, no. To, not to get a little, <laughs> you know. I, I do. I, I think. I think okay. we do, and, and I'll let you know which one or or ones. Oh, as as we go along, um, I do have a quick Texas Tech secondary update. Oh, I'm no please. longer keeping up with total yards because who cares? Everyone's playing weird number of games because the big 10 is back baby oh they're coming back man full force oh man i can't wait can't wait uh, <laughs> 77 teams have played now which Texas jumped Tech up is, like, it moved up one team like what one team finally played yeah, it was 76 last time i'm not sure but uh <laughs> Sorry, tech is on. <laughs> 74th out of 77 with passing yards allowed per game so still the same Amount of passing yards allowed per game, obviously, because it was a bye week. Three hundred and thirty-five and a half. I'm including the half. Half. So it's seven half. it's a uh, it's it's hopefully going to get better. Maybe with larger sample sizes, it's going to get a little bit better. But right now, yeah, they're just about close to dead last. But this was this we started this after the Houston Baptist game where they gave up an ungodly amount of yards and it's really hasn't been that bad since. So that one just really skewed everything, but I'll probably, I'll still keep this up just because it's interesting to track and hopefully it'll keep going the right direction. You know, what else is interesting to track Michael movement Mm. in the AP top 25. Oh, so much movement this week, especially considering big team team, big 10 teams that have not played. I don't know why, like every week it, it's, it brings a little bit of enjoyment and disgust to see, look, Ohio state moved up again. They have not played, but they moved up in their rankings from they, they did it. Spencer. I, I just, I wish I could have written it down somewhere, but I think I said it that Iowa state or Ohio state would be a top five team <laughs> before they played a game. I, I swear I said that somewhere and by God, they did it. I mean, okay, to be honest, Congratulations. To, to be fair, the number five team in the country last week, North Carolina, laid an egg. Um, don't, don't disgrace my Tar Heels now. No, nice. but, but, but they dropped down to 14th. So there was a spot to move up. I, 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 can, I can give them that. Um, Ohio State moved into the top five from number six. Oklahoma State moved up to number six, uh, even though they didn't play. But again, they had the spot ahead of them. Uh, A&M moved up four spots, number seven, Penn State, number eight, our Cincinnati Bearcats, top 10 team in the country at number nine. Do not believe it. I, I want to go back to A&M just for a minute because I'm really proud of them for being ranked number seven in the country for barely beating Vanderbilt and getting their teeth kicked in by Alabama. What an honor. Good job. They also took care of business against Mississippi State, right? Because it was, it was like a weird game. I, I turned it on. I was like, which team is which? Because they're both white and maroon. Oh, they, yeah. I, I, was, I was like, I was like watching the game. I was like, who's got the ball? Who, who, yeah, that was a this? good game for them. And they did beat Florida. But I just, you know, we didn't have to talk about those last two. I right, just want to talk about the first two. <laughs> um, let's see who else on this list. BYU, is, I think, is criminally un- underrated. 5-0 and at 12th. They are independent. But they are and they the, are beating the tar out of people. The only other five and O team ahead of them is Clemson. Clemson. A few. Uh, and there's no there there are no two lost teams ahead of them. So there, there's that. But there's also a couple of uh, one lost teams. Oregon and Wisconsin back to back teams that have not played. 
Uh, SMU, 16th, Iowa State, 17, Michigan. Okay, but like <laughs> the bottom of the 25 is where things get wild. You guys ready? Marshall comes in at number 22. Yes. North yes. Carolina State. When was the last time they were ranked? 23. USC bumps up a spot, 24. Guys, my Chanticleers from the fun belt. Ranked number 25. I saw someone else on Twitter propose that um, the Big 12 champion should have to play the Sun Belt champion. Yeah. That should just be how the season ends. <laughs> um, others receiving votes. Oklahoma still not still not getting uh, in the top 25. West Virginia not in the top 25. Um, Louisiana Lafayette is in there. Liberty. Our, our man Hugh Freeze down there. Coaching from his... Um, hospital bed at one point army arkansas oh my gosh texas is getting one vote that means one person voted them for 25th <laughs> which it's okay to laugh at them because it's it's funny and we're not getting votes we're not expected to be getting votes right now because we suck uh, we asked our <laughs> I, program i wanted right? to point out one thing yes speaking of texas kirk bowles who mm. um covers the longhorns apparently he left off ohio state <laughs> <laughs> out of the, oh, I just out saw of his tweet five <laughs> and someone got, a, got on him and, and Twitter big mad like why do you have an AP vote embarrassing not having Ohio State ranked top five to which oh, my man great. Kirk Bowles just quote tweeted and said who have they beaten <laughs> and it's my favorite y- y'all know y'all heard me rant and piss and moan basically about <laughs> Ohio State being ranked so high and and then I say that in um, in our pick'em on the Rob Rowe College Tailgate Show, I'll probably take them to cover this weekend, but I may not. You know what? I probably won't. I probably won't, and it will just be solely out of spite. I can't remember what the line was, but it was pretty hefty. For for who? For Ohio State. It's like twenty four. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah, and so I thought, you know, I think I may not take them to cover, but anyway, thanks, Kirk Bowles. I think Kirk. Kirk, first name basis, Mr. Bowles had, he also had uh, Kansas state in the top 10, which, Hey, I'm not going to argue too much with that. Sure. They, they laid an egg in game one, but hmm. they've, they've played some really good football the rest of the time. Who knows? Ohio's, Who knows at this point of the year, it's always a crap shoot. At the time that the, the picks were, were put together, Ohio state was a 27 point favorite at home versus Nebraska. Ah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. May have to pick the old Big Twelve foe, even though I don't I don't have any conference loyalty. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> old conference loyalty. Um all right, let's look around the Big Twelve last week. Um one, I, I guess get to some news that like running back Puka Williams did has participated so far this season. And I, I'm not a Kansas fan. I don't keep up with him, I don't follow him. So I can't tell you why. But he came out, I think it was Monday. He said, uh, I'm going to pack it in. I'm not going to, I'm going to opt out the rest of the season. Um, I, I did see there was something like he wanted to go home and be close to family. So that, that can be commendable. Um, but yeah, like, like the one bright spot on that roster, <laughs> four games in was like, yeah, no, I'm done. <laughs> That's really, it's really good news for Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. So I have I have no issues with this. I mentioned this later 
in the in the notes so we can delete it once we get to it. But he had a kickoff return against <laughs> oh my West God. Virginia. I, I saw this video this morning. I was like, uh, okay, so uh, sorry. I'll let you go. It, it's okay. Your, well, it's and, your news. And, um, you know, Gus Johnson, who looks for any excuse to get Anna mated in the booth. Um, Big 12. He, he Breakfast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he said that. Big, big nooner here. Against Texas. He's on like, the TV. Yells random things. It's hilarious. Also, I love Gus Johnson. I, he's fine. But except I've for got, things like um, this. <laughs> well, yeah. So earlier in the game, I watched the highlights of the Kansas West Virginia game and um, Letty Brown ran in. I mean, <laughs> like the, the front door just opened for him. And I think he had like a 75 or 80 yard touchdown run from the line of scrimmage. And the whole time it was like, Letty Brown, baddest man <laughs> in Morgan. Town. I mean, and I'm not exaggerating. It it was that long because he he waited to make sure that Letty Brown was going to actually outrun everybody before he finished his sentence. And sure, it was a big play, but it was over the second he broke the line of scrimmage. It was like, okay, this guy's gone, or someone's going to catch him at the five. So Gus Johnson had that much gravitas and stuff. Of course, this was at the beginning of a game, but at the end of the game, down 38 to 10, Puka Williams catches the ball on a kickoff goes from sideline to sideline. I think he kind of sidestepped and, and juked a couple of guys. I mean, ran it all the way back. And Gus Johnson just, it was like he was giving a eulogy. Puka Williams. And I think he was, it was almost like, yeah, Puka Williams makes Breaks. a cut. He's free. He's free. He's behind the kick team and he will <laughs> score. <laughs> he sounded I, so I mean, I bored. I know. I get it. It's 38 to 10 whatever, but come on. You're the guy that's like supposed to be the exciting, well, exciting so, announcer. And this is one of the most exciting plays in football is a kickoff return by one of the best players in the, in the conference. And it's just like, he was announcing his, uh, you know, his child's finger painting and going through. And here we see the trees, the attempt at a son and Puka Williams, on a 91-yard kickoff return, that means nothing. I mean, he might as well have just said that at the end. I mean, and that's the last time we'll see Puka Williams play <laughs> Big 12 football. <laughs> I can give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. He's like, he's big energy for all game, and this was not a close game at the end. So like, yeah, was he just kind of drained. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I, I know. But I also, know that, like, but. I I have I have very similar complaints against like guys like Joe Buck. Like, okay, so Joe Buck has been like the longstanding commentator for the World Series. This is the biggest platform for Major League Baseball. And Joe Buck is like, Bellinger hits a deep ball, home run. Dude, it's, it's the World Freaking Series. <laughs> There's only max seven of these games. He's like... Like again, one of the, like the biggest stage, one of the most exciting plays, and he's like, and it's gone, home run. Well, he he just <laughs> he just lets he just lets us bask in the moment. 
I really, I really don't have a big issue with Joe book. I, I kind of get why people do, but then I kind of don't. Cause I think it's almost turned into like a Nickelback situation where it's just cool to hate Joe Buck, even though you can't really say why you at least have some reasons to, to, uh, criticize a little bit, but there's people, no, oh, I just can't stand him. I mean, it's why? probably ex- accentuated his face. <laughs> His stupid face. Yeah, he's got a dumb face. Yeah, it's a good story. The, like, I, I can understand leaving room for, like, some environment, excitement, and hype, whatever, coming from the stadium. <laughs> and and that, <laughs> that, that just may be, like, his delivery style. And, like, like, that's it's always been that way. And in 2020, just, it's not. It's not the same. You can't expect somebody that's, like, set this way. It's like asking um, Chris Berman on the home run derby, we have to go back, 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 back. It's <laughs> like, that's just what he's going to do. Um, so like, it would make sense. Like if he's doing that to leave room for the crowd and it's just, there's just no crowd. Yeah. I mean, you, you may be right. It, it's probably just amplified. It, it's probably always annoyed you, but it, it's annoying you even more this year, yes. especially because it's your Dodgers, my Dodgers. So game seven of the NLCS, I was watching the the home broadcast my man, Joe Davis. And I, I'm just, I'm so taken away with it. He's like 32 years old and he's, he's a major sports broadcaster for Fox does a lot of the football games is the play-by-play guy for my Los Angeles Dodgers. And he's like a year older than I am. Like just raking it up. But he's also really dang good. Uh, he's done. He did the Texas tech OU game a few years ago. Um, he's done the game. He did a, a tech game versus TCU. Um, he just, he's great. Whatever. Um, when Cody Bellinger hit the home run to take the lead, like, yes, it, it's, it's his team. He's calling, right. It's like Brian Jensen calling the touchdown pass to the Crabtree, right? Like the excitement level is way up, but like, I could feel it, man. <laughs> Joe Buck, not there's, he's just like, uh, so when is this check clear? So I can go do something else. <laughs> I don't know, man. All right, whatever. That's enough of that. Um, okay, so this weekend, West Virginia, the the football scheduling gods have decided 4.30 is a good time for a kickoff. Yeah, why the hell not? Next week, Halloween night, night game, hosting Oklahoma at 7.30 kickoff on the Big Fox. It will be a... Well, the team's wearing all black jerseys. That's already been released. What I, what I appreciate, and we're still a week out, so it, it, this may change next week, that the athletic department social media has not been like, it's a blackout. It's a blackout. Yes. We need They're you. Just, yeah, Wells has just decided it's a night game. We're going to wear all black, and that's that. And, and I, it's so much better. I, I'm okay with that. I'm like, I'm good if you want to wear black. Like, all the time. Like it doesn't have to be this big tricked up thing. Like we wear black versus OU in the Jones. Yeah. It's just like at night we wear black. Cool. I know what to wear in the day. We were red. Cool. I know what to wear on the road. We were white. Cool. <laughs> I know what, like <laughs> it's none of this weird stuff. And like, there could be a throwback uniform in there, whatever. That's great. Uh, the throwbacks we've seen this year, way good. But like, stop with like the themed blackouts and like, it's stupid. Okay. Anyways, big 12 schedule for this weekend. Last weekend, you had one game. 
because Oklahoma State Baylor got canceled because Baylor can't figure out how to run a football program still. Um, this weekend, all 10 teams are playing battle for the Sunflower State, Kansas, Kansas State. Uh, up first at 11, competing broadcast there. Uh, Oklahoma in Fort Worth versus TCU. Baylor is going on the road to Austin, maybe, if they can figure out how to play. Um, at 2.30, Iowa State in Stillwater to take on Oklahoma State. That game very well could determine Big 12 champion in week five of competition for the Big 12. Um, as, world. as the top two teams in the conference, um, I, I don't know if a two-loss uh, team is going to win. Um, and the loser would have to like, if Iowa state loses this game, they'd have to hope for Oklahoma state to lose two games or vice versa. And then Texas tech has your late game at four 30, the senior special blue light, yeah. blue hair special West Virginia here in Lubbock four 30 on ESPN dose. Yeah, it's the Luann Platter here in Lubbock. Um, okay, so before we do the preview, Western preview, homecoming preview, there's two reasons for that. Guys, listen up. Manscaped has a new product just released, the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I get... If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Guarantee you'll see hair sticking out out of all those holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean shaven. Anywhere else in your body. Let's just put it that way. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game. Now they've added a new piece to their product lineup, the Weed Whacker. Guys, you need to go check out manscaped.com. They've got the Weed Whacker, the Lawnmower 3.0. They've got the Testy Toner, the Deodorant, um, the Nail Trimming Kit, everything you could ever want, manscaped.com. But guys, check this out. If you go uh, and enter code armchair, you will get... 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. And as you guys know, the wait is finally over. There's a lot of fun upon us this week. Football is, of course, in full effect. I got to see two. Uh, excellent football games Monday night. Well, maybe not excellent, but they were entertaining. Uh, never had a Monday night game start at four 30 or whatever it was. That was a blast. That was fun to have football on when I got home. Um, so obviously football's blowing and going big 10 starting back, uh, major league playoffs. <laughs> the world series is in full swing. Um, even though you might not be at a game this year, you can still 
be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today. Use promo code Armchair to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's promo code Armchair, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, really quickly before we jump into our, our West Virginia preview, I know I, I keep saying this really quickly or before whatever. So I, I've got the baseball game on in the background here. And I saw this commercial it reminded me I needed to complain about something. Ford has lost their freaking mind. Have you seen the new body style on the Mustang? No. How have I not seen this? No, it I haven't. Looks like a freaking station wagon. No, get out of here. Look Maybe it up. Are they going for like a Mach 1 thing or something? Mach Like a e. Mach 1? It's a Mach E. It's oh. electric. I think they're, they're trying to target those Teslas. It looks freaking stupid. No, does it? Oh, 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 that is interesting. Interesting. You're, you're being, you're being kind. It does. It just looks like a Tesla. It just straight up looks like a Tesla model three, but like squat, it's, it does not look like a Mustang at all. There's no Mustang in this except for the Mustang emblem. Well, and because that's how I know that when they design cars like the Prius and the Teslas and stuff, they all kind of have a similar look. The, the insights. The, yeah, it's almost hatchback-esque. It looks like a Subaru. Well, like a five-door Civic. There, I said it. I feel like they should call it something else. <laughs> this should be like a... Whatever their other cars are. Do they still make the Taurus? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what Ford makes. Sorry, I, I saw that. I was like... I've been meaning to say this for a while now. Okay. West Virginia coming in for homecoming. Homecoming, not only for our Red Raiders, but for our guys, Neil Brown and Jarrett Dagey. Yes. This will be, is it bittersweet? <laughs> Neil Brown's first trip back to Lubbock since he was the offensive coordinator under Tommy Tuberville and Jarrett Dagey's first, um, competitive trip into Lubbock. Um, Cause I, I'm sure if his family still lives here, he's been back here, but I can't tell you if he's, if, if his family lives here or not. I don't know. Um, you don't know the Daggies? Uh I know how to Daggy. I'm just kidding. No, oh, I don't know. The Daggies. Uh, Cause he, while, while Seth Daggy was here uh, as a starting quarterback, he was in Jared Daggy was in high school, went to my Lubbock Cooper high school. He was a Lubbock Cooper Pirate. Went to high school here down the road from me. As a Cooper Pirate. I'm going to keep saying that until you respond. I don't know. Yeah. Why? Okay. <laughs> what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Anyways, so they're, they're coming back to Lubbock. Uh, and then obviously this weekend is marked as Texas Tech's homecoming game. Um, so, Michael, I want to ask you, do you have any homecoming stories? Do you, do you ever go to homecoming? Do you ever make, do you ever make that a thing in Markle? You know... Uh, Oh, back, oh, high school? I mean, or, or college. I mean, I don't, I wasn't being specific enough. Well, high school, yeah, but I'm not going to bore anybody with high school homecoming stuff. But but tech, no, um, I think I tried to go to the, I think I went to the bonfire one year, but it was while I was still at South Plains, so I wasn't even at tech <laughs> yet. 
but my friend's girlfriend was. And so we all went and I, you know, I made a career out of a third being a third wheel for, Oh, at least a, at least a decade. Wow. But so yeah, I went with them to the bonfire and I think it was over by the kind of where the lazy river is now. Does that sound right? Is that where it used to be? I, I've been to one and it's, it's, it's in that field basically. Um, that's, you know, outside of the, the, the pool aquatics and whatever you call it. Um, and, the uh, spirit arena. And then that mm-hmm. dorm complex, there's a big field there on the backside of Ur- Urbanowski park. Um, so the one time I went, that's where it was. I've got some pictures, but I mean, it's a, it's a bonfire. I mean, you know what a bonfire looks like. Yeah. And it, it photographs so well. <laughs> it's, it's a cool thing to be at. I mean, like, I should take a picture. And you're like, yeah. Just a blob. Okay. It just looks like a blob of orange and a couple of shadows. And I mean, obviously if you know what you're doing, taking photos, they could be really cool. But me, a guy with a, with a phone or back then a guy with probably a disposable camera, I'm sure it was <laughs> click. I'm sure it was top notch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Gotta wait for the flash to charge. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's, that spoke to me. So no, I don't have any great homecoming stories, but I do wish I was because they always, not always, but they often did the kind of like the meet the red Raiders basketball, um, kind of an exhibition. There'd be a dunk contest or something. And the, both the men's and women's basketball teams would come out. And I just kind of wish I'd have been around because I think that was one of the years that Tubby Smith uh, wrecked the motorcycle on the court. Oh, I remember that. That was cool. Was it one of the homecoming ceremonies? Um, but no, I never was really that into the homecoming stuff. I got no big, I mean, I'm not a, I don't know, a killjoy. I mean, everybody do what you want, but I, for some reason it just never really caught my attention while I was there. Yes. I think the only time I ever did anything, uh, related to homecoming was my freshman year when I was living on campus. Um, cause once I was, off campus. Like I, I, I was not in a, in a fraternity or a kind of social group that was heavily involved in the homecoming activities. So I just mm-hmm. never really did anything besides, I mean, I'd, I'd go to like the tailgates with my roommate or whatever, but not like do the parade or uh, anything like that. So West Virginia coming into town, they are three and one on the season, two and one in big 12 play. Their lone blemish is against Oklahoma State. They yeah. wrecked up uh, Eastern Kentucky 56 to 10. Then they went on the road and lost in Stillwater 13 to 27. Then beat the Baylor Bears in a double overtime fashion 27 21 before beating yeah, that, our Jayhawks last week. They're yeah, our that Jayhawks. was that Baylor game was kind of ugly. Uh, you know, uh, Deggy had two interceptions, I believe. And I think he lost a fumble. Um, it was tied 14, 14 at the end of regulation, which is grossly low, but we saw firsthand how good Baylor's defense was last year. They may have been able to kind of capitalize on some of that again, but you know, there was a lot during that game that I saw offensively for West Virginia that, didn't, you know, didn't freak me out that much. (laughs) 
I mean, obviously, you know, Letty Brown's a really good back. Um, but, but Daigie, he made some bad decisions. I mean, he, he threw for two interceptions that game. He threw for another one against Kansas. He's only thrown three all year. And those were the three he's, um, he's 95 for 148, 64.2% completion. He's just over a thousand yards, 1042. He's averaging seven yards per completion, which, I mean, we go up and talk about our guys above our Bowman and Columbia were, are both averaging over nine yards per completion. Of course, that's a, against conference play only. But, you know, Deggie's done well, but um, he's not going to be the reason. Like, people are figuring him out a little bit. Yeah. If, if West Virginia beats you this weekend, it's not because of Jared Deggie, probably. Um, yeah. Letty Brown is going to be a handful. Uh, as much yes. as we thought Deuce Vaughn for Kansas State was going to be a handful in the backfield or Brees Hall, um, Letty Brown is, is a really good running back. But the other thing is, is they're they're just good enough on offense to complement their defense, and I think that's that's where I, I'd like to spend my my portion, <laughs> or at least the, the portion of the um, the preview here. M- Michael found some more tragic numbers, disturbing stats, if you will, and he, they okay. So the West Virginia defense, they are number one. In total defense. Number one. Yeah. Out of the 77 teams that have played, they are the... the, 77, yeah. They are the best defense in terms of yards per game or yards per play. They they give up four yards per play and only 240 yards a game. 240. That's like what you get in a half. Well, and if you just look at scoring alone, okay... Eastern Kentucky, sure, they beat them 56 to 10, but they only allowed 10 points against them. They still only allowed 27 against Oklahoma State, who's the most points possible Big 12 title contender. (laughs) Yeah, that's the most points that they've given up all season. Spoiler alert so far. Yeah, right. And they allowed only 14 in regulation against Baylor, 21 total, and then allowed only 17 against Kansas. And as we discussed at length, yeah. Yeah, the, the, they went down 10-0, and then they went th- they scored they scored 38 in a row before allowing a kickoff return. So this defense is sure you could try to pick and choose, but they've played good competition. I mean, the, I think that I mean they're a legit defense. Those the Stills brothers, Dante and Darius yeah. up front. Did you see that the interception Gosh. that one of them had? Oh, it was incredible. Like he uh, dove from tipped, like 10 yards it a away. Pass? Yeah, it was a tip pass. Yeah. It like the hands of a defensive back. Tipped it up. Um, and then I, I can't remember which one. One of the Stills, Stills brothers reacted quickly, lunged towards the ball, and then dove. He was able to intercept it, catch the ball off the turf, basically. Um, Full on parallel to the ground, flying burrito. He just... He, it was incredible, and it would have been incredible to see anyone make that play. He but is like, the definition of a family. A defensive lineman <laughs> make that play was just yeah. It was it was a feat to watch. If if you want to go watch a, a really cool highlight, uh, go check that out. But yeah, so he got an interception. <laughs> technically, not technically, he got an interception yeah. because of that. Ninth, their ninth in rush defense, giving up only ninety two yards per game. This is against Kansas, who has. Like their one trick pony was is Puka Williams. Um, Oklahoma State, I mean, they've got good running backs. They've got good 
like good offensive line to block for him. Baylor, we'll see. But like in four games, 92 yards a game. Number, yes. number three in pass defense. This is where it gets crazy. Having played Oklahoma State and Baylor, they average giving up less than 150 yards a game. So they're just they're it's, disruptive. They play with three safeties a lot. Um, they do it a little differently than than Iowa State does. Um, they 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 disrupt passes a lot more than Iowa State does. Iowa State wants you to complete short passes, and they'll just swarm and tackle you. Um, West Virginia, I think, is a little more. They'll try to bait you into a throw, and then they'll they'll go and compete for the ball. So they they have a lot of passes defended. Um, and they're going after turnovers. The the one thing, there was another stat I found that I didn't have time to put on there. Third down defense. Fifth in the country. At .26. So they're allowing a first down every one four. four. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so the, they are top in the country, top five or 10 in a lot of these big categories. And, you know, Tony Fields is part of the reason for that. Alonzo Adai is a huge part of the reason for that. I mean, these are some really uh, good guys who can, they can bring, they can tackle you, which is great <laughs> for a defensive player. But uh, like you said, they, they kind of get in passing lanes. I know Adai had a really good interception and I'm they're uh they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough for Tech to beat and I I think that this matchup I wouldn't say plays well into Columbia's skill set, but I think it plays better into his skill set as opposed to to Bowman's. I think you're going to have to be on offense Tech's going to have to be creative and Columbia may have to take some yards with his feet. Um and I mean, West Virginia's offense is fine. They're, you know, they're, they're pretty balanced. They're, I don't know. I think they're 25th or so on rushing offense. So that's about as high as it gets. What did I have on pass? Yeah. Pass offense, they're 23rd. So they're really balanced, uh, which is kind of what you would expect with a Neil Brown run offense. So if, if Tech's defense can hold their own, They've they've got a decent shot as long as they can get some points on the board. Yeah, I mean, okay. So Letty Brown, um, eighty-one carries, five hundred and fifteen yards. This is on the season. Um, five touchdowns. So let's do some quick math here. Not prepared. What is that? Of course, you're prepared. You're always prepared. Okay, goodness. He's good for 6.4 yards per carry. Jeez. That's better than Tech's offense. <laughs> Unless it's uh, Columbia. <laughs> That's um, true. All right, so not... I, I Having watched West Virginia play, I, I, I felt like with, with a change in offense and kind of seeing what I've, what I've seen, I had some confidence. Um. And maybe I'm I'm talking myself out of this here. Those defensive stats concern me. <laughs> yeah, uh, 
Texas Tech somehow opened up as a slight favorite. It's settled in as West Virginia as a, a, a field goal favorite at this point, minus three. Over-under is at 55. So first team to 30 wins. Um, yeah, if if that, if if they both make it to 30. Yeah, so I mean, I I see this game being like 28, 24, 27, 24, uh, like right at that line. So I'm, Give me West Virginia. I'll say 31-24. Okay. And and so that has them covering because what we're seeing here is West Virginia minus three. So for the first time since, I don't know, the, the second week of September, I'm picking the Red Raiders. I'm not just picking them to cover. <laughs> Picking them to win. I'm picking them to win. And I had in my head the exact score that you said earlier. So I'm going to change it slightly. Well, no, I mean, so it's, it's got, fine. It's, it's a dip, different result. I've got TTU 27, West Virginia 24. I think somehow Tech's going to be able to contain Daigie. Um, they're probably not going to be able to contain uh, Letty Brown <laughs> that well, but. Hopefully that will just mean the clock's rolling, to be flat honest with you. Uh, you know, the the less than 100 yards per game rush defense does worry me a little bit. But I do think that um, with Columbia on board, you've pointed out how much better Tech is able to rush the ball for probably a variety of reasons, whether it be passing pass percentage or it not being third and nine. 6.1 yards per carry, man. Yeah, so I, I'm kind of leaning on that. I think that um, I'm expecting a good day from Sir Roderick Thompson. Uh, Sir. White, if he's... Sir Roderick. Yeah. <laughs> Sir Roderick Thompson. Uh, Xavier White, if he's not out there catching passes on the as an inside receiver because we're short on guys. But heck with it. I, let's go for it. Texas Tech wins 27-24. Let's just see what happens. For context, you all, Michael is 4-0 this season on his Texas Tech picks. Yes, not against the spread or anything, but yeah, just straight up wins and losses, yeah. I, I, I predicted that um, the, <laughs> those three weeks after our first bye week were going to be a little rough. But you've got three wins on your, schedule, on your schedule from here on out. Three more, I should say. That's right. The, for, now these are all based on preseason win losses, and so I'm I'm well, going to if, stick with with what I thought uh, six weeks ago. Just okay, but like to right be now. To, to be fair to you though, if you look at who you've got wins against, those these are your mo- your three most likely opponents that you'd win against: West Virginia, TCU, and Kansas. Yeah. So I, there's there's still some there's some chances there, but TCU. I mean, I, we, they I put don't up know a lot what, of points against Iowa State. And no idea what TCU I'm, is. No, I'm I, not I, sure who they are either. No idea what Baylor is. TCU I'm not sure if I know what, what Oklahoma just, is. No, we definitely don't know. Oh, like I said, Oklahoma is basically Texas Tech, just with more stars right now. That's pretty much who they are. They're blowing fourth quarter leads. They're barely eking by games that they should win or they're just losing them. So that, yeah, we don't know who anybody is yeah. really aside from possibly Iowa state 
Um, I'm not even sure about Oklahoma state. I just don't think they've played enough games and <laughs> I'm, I'm just haven't been blown away by them yet. Uh, and the words we'll of Kirk bulls, who have they beaten? <laughs> right now, Kansas state, Kansas state's pretty salty. I think they're pretty good. Even though Skyler well, Thompson's about, out. I was going to say, I, I, I would have had them a little higher in my, my season projections. Had they not lost Skylar Thompson? I, yeah, I, I think they're probably second or third best team in the league right now. I don't think that Will Howard is going to work out long-term this season. Sorry, sorry. I don't, I don't think he's going to work out this season. Yeah. Could, you know, who knows? Jury's out for next year. For sure. All right, Michael, let's, let's wrap this up. Let's go check out some of our questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy? Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Right. We asked, you answered, or you asked, we answered. We'll see. Um, scrolling back, I think Keith was the first one to send something in. Will the Red Raiders surpass West Virginia's current yards per game total? And again, Defense, 240. 240. I'm, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, too, because I have Tech winning. So they have to. <laughs> I feel like no, they've got to get at least 250, <laughs> 300 yards to do that. I, I think Texas Tech will have greater than 300 yards of offense. That's not crazy. I'm, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. Um, by the way, my Dodgers just won eight to three. One Oh, I'm so happy for you, man. Kyle Lang. I mean, wow. Yeah. I'm just, I'm I'm feeling all warm and fuzzy inside beside yourself over there. I'm surprised we could still record. Not necessarily a West Virginia specific question. It seems like each year tech has a game where it all comes together and they look like a complete team. Do you think we still have that game ahead? If so, who do you think we'll peak against? Okay. I, I don't want to, uh, yeah, sorry. Let, let me go first. Cause please, I'm going to lose my thought. I, I don't want to say it's this week because there's already a lot on Columbia's shoulders. <laughs> so let's just let the guy play a full game first, or at least start one. I bet he'll have at least one really bad pick. I could just kind of see that happening. So I'm thinking that, Tech could peak against TCU to kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier. That may be the game where all of a sudden things are working. Of course, that's against a Gary Patterson defense. How, how about I'm they just, peak what against if I just Baylor? took the easy way out and say Kansas? Uh, oh, Baylor. That would be nice. I'd go for that. But um, what do you think? Obviously, I don't have a, a, an answer to this one. Um, I thought I did. I know some people in our group that predict or think that Texas Tech is going to beat Oklahoma. So that could be on they the could table. Score on that defense. Um, and, and, and beating Oklahoma, you're probably going to need everything to come together. Yes, they've struggled, but you've also struggled. They've got the talent. Um, they've got more proven coaching. 
I think it would take a complete game effort to beat Oklahoma. So there's there's that. I I think though I would lean more towards a Baylor or a TCU. And I already said Baylor, so I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that. I say on November 14th, you'll see a pretty complete game. Whoever's at quarterback, um, it's balanced and efficient. You get a, a good running game and you win that game. Because I don't want to have Old. a complete game and a loss. <laughs> yeah, that would. If it's a complete game and then all of a sudden there's a kickoff return. I bet Gus Johnson would be excited about that one, though. <laughs> All right, Dan asks, what is the best beer of choice uh, to consume with a 4.30 kickoff time on Saturday in late October? All right, I'm going to go with the obvious choice. I'm sorry if this isn't this isn't a fun answer, but man, grab you an Oktoberfest. It's just, it's so good. It's the best seasonal beer. It's the best season. It. Like this time of year between like yes. middle of October through like... First week of December, it's my favorite time of the year. It's it's tough to beat, man. So I, that's that's mine. Just grab your favorite Oktoberfest. You know, Real Ale makes a great one. Uh, Sam Adams is one of my favorites. I don't know if it's cool to like Sam Adams, but I sure <laughs> do. And then, uh, oh, I'm completely blanking. Of course, St. Arnold's. You're a Houston guy. Grab you grab you some St. Arnold's. That's what you should do. And consume St. Arnold's Oktoberfest. It'll be perfect. Red Red Reset Man said, watch some of the West Virginia Kansas game. Wasn't impressed with West Virginia. Um, I'm taking tech, even though they they like to break my heart. Michael said, I'm with you, my that. friend. <laughs> I'm with you. Let's let's do it. Me and you. We're taking tech. They're 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 gonna win this weekend. It's gonna happen. Man, here's the thing, man. Like you're gonna talk me into this, and I'm gonna get invested. I'll watch the game, I'll get sucked in, and then tech will like blow a 10-point lead. Like it'll be a two score swing and be like, you guys suck. Well, it'll make for a really good instant reaction podcast. Yeah. Which look for that. Yeah. We'll be back dropping, on the- dropping soon after the end of the game because the game will be over about eight, eight thirty, and we'll probably record 30 minutes or an hour later. Um, yeah. So be on the lookout for that. Michael, let's wrap it up real quick with what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right, what did we learn? Okay, I've got, I'm going to go ahead and do both. I've got two things. Um, my wife and I went to the Hill Country this weekend. So just a quick recap cap on that. It was awesome. We went to several wineries. We went to Allstadt Brewery. Brewery. Man, a guy that loves beer that can't say that word. Um, that was a really great place to go. Had a wonderful Kolsch. Had an Oktoberfest, as I just talked about, which is divine. But the Alamo Springs Cafe was probably one of the highlights of the trip. You heard me mention it last week. They were crowned the best burger in Texas, I think, in 09. Made the cover of Texas Monthly Magazine. We went there. We social distanced properly. We ate outside and I ordered, they actually just have, you could get the Texas monthly burger, which had grilled onions. It had avocado on it. Um, it had a couple other things on it that the other burgers didn't. And just a perfectly cooked piece of beef, jalapeno cheddar bun. Great burger. 
lives up to the hype. The second time we've been last time was seven years ago, but it was still just as good. So then my other thing I wanted to mention was for those of you in Lubbock, if you've never been to the back 40 grill today's Tuesday, so sorry, I should have told you this earlier, but every Tuesday they have a chicken fried steak special. And for those of you who didn't know, you can get your chicken fried steak at the back 40 grill with jalapeno cream gravy. Ooh. Now you can get it with regular cream gravy, which is great. I mean, big fan. Pepper cream or whatever you want to call it. Big fan. But but jalapeno gravy. And this is, I'm not claiming to be someone who can take a lot of hot stuff or anything. But this is spicy, man. <laughs> this is a spicy gravy. You, you know, you... I've been to some places where it's like, ah, oh, this is green chili gravy or something. And you have it and you're just like, okay, there's green chilies in it somewhere. That's because green chilies aren't spicy. Come on now. Well, I, yeah, I know they're not, but you don't even, there's times where it's just like, you don't even notice. It's because the they're a trash there. ingredient. <laughs> Get over the green chili, New Mexico. You're so, you're so wrong on this. You're so wrong on this. Green chilies are awesome. I've lived among them. Trust me. They are way overrated well come back come back to me though come back to me though okay, sorry. to the jalapeno yeah i'm gravy i'm, I'm all on board for that <laughs> we're pretty sure they roast them because i had allison try it too we got it for takeout last week and i wanted to talk about it on the podcast but i went off on some other food tangent instead <laughs> last week so if you're in Lubbock, I think they actually have a location either in Canyon or Amarillo too. If you if you have access to a back forty grill and you're in need of a chicken fried steak that's got some kick to it, get that jalapeno gravy. It's fantastic. Back forty grill. So they've got one at ninety eighth Street here in the LBK. Yes, sir. And then I swear they've got a second location, but I can't remember where it is. I just know it's not in Lubbock. But yeah, Tuesday night, chicken fried steak night, steak special, jalapeno gravy. Pre pre prepare to wipe the sweat off your brow. It'll kind of surprise you. It sneaks up on you, but it's so good. <laughs> Man, I, I, I wish uh, we were in a spot where you could go grab lunch a little more regularly because that sounds fantastic. Yeah, it, it would. It would be a perfect Tuesday lunch. Instead of going or to anytime, like anytime. Cap Rock or something. Blasphemy, I know. Go somewhere else besides Cap Rock. <laughs> Try another place. Um, yeah, so that'll do it this week for us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. Guys, get ready for the West Virginia game this weekend. Remember, 4.30, we will be back on the Instant Reaction Podcast. Pretty closely, pretty immediately following the game. Um, Pre-game show, check us out 10 a.m. to noon on Talk 1340, 1340 AM here in Lubbock, 960 AM in San Angelo, Concho Valley, as the Rob Bro likes to point out. Catch us on the Talk 1340 mobile app for those that are not local. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We will catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23Personnel, Spencer at PuntSuck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. And find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. 
Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. <laughs>